We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. Well, we can we could take this offline. He's very cute. I know, right? Exciting. Exciting times. I know. Oh, God. I love him so much. Oh, he looks so cute. I'm looking at pictures now. Here, now you're just – now you're – okay. Focus, focus, focus. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, hello from a Best Western in suburban Massachusetts. Amazing. I did not write. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, yeah, how's I, I, did, I, I saw the uh, Instagram about adding honey to bad coffee, so that tells me where you're at. <laughs> yeah. It's like I purposely didn't stay at the wedding hotels um, because they were pretty expensive but like also just because i don't like it didn't i was buying a room by myself and like all this stuff and um so i knew what i was getting myself into like i knew the range of possibilities with the best western like it's not going to be below a certain thing it's also not going to be above a certain thing like we know we know what we're getting we're getting a bed we're getting a shower we're getting a very loud air conditioner that people will hear throughout this episode (laughs) Um, and that's all that's all we needed we just needed a place to sleep and get ready I was going to say, I feel like when you travel for a wedding, you literally just need a place with light, a mirror, and a bed. That is yes. all. Yes. Um, so, and it's pretty close still. Like, although the shuttles aren't coming to where I am, like the Uber, I, I thought about this beforehand too. Like the Ubers that I have spent to go to the places are still less than the differential of the room. Ah, yes. Smart analysis. Yeah. Because that, I, I realized that was like, wait a minute, what if I end up spending more on Ubers and then I just, here? <laughs> right. I just like screwed myself over for no reason. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we are, we are here, we are doing it. We are, yeah, we are drinking, uh, really, really, truly terrible coffee, but I'm so sorry. I have delicious cold okay. brew from a place oh, that I like. And that's special for you. <laughs> Anyways. Um, um, okay. I got, I have to tell you about a man that I've never told you about before. Wow. What a lead yeah. in. Because it's never been super, it's never been super present in my recent life. So Okay. In college, I was like in love with my best guy friend. Oh. Yeah. The plot thickens. Not not Matt, to be clear. No, I know. Not Matt. Well, yeah, yeah. to be clear to the listeners. Yeah. Matt yeah. was not your best guy yeah, friend yeah. in college. Because you he did go to college, college. In college. We did yeah. yes, that's why I did want to specify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good, good question. Matt was best friends with the guy that I dated in college. And yes. so Matt and I had a good relationship. He and I always got along. We took classes together. But he was not my actual best guy friend. Like this other guy was. Yeah. And um, this was a classic experience of feeling very like confused by someone where he would regularly say to me things like, 
I can't talk to anyone like I can talk to you. Like I, you know, like when whenever I'm in conversation with somebody, I bring you up. Like you're the smartest person I've ever met. You're so one like so uh, complimentary of me. And I'm like, then why don't you love me? Why aren't we dating, sir? Why oh, aren't we together in love? Were anyway. you <laughs> wait, can I jump in with questions? Sure. Is that okay. Yeah. Was were you his first close female friend? Because you were young enough that it that could possibly. The answer is no. The answer is no. So the reason we met, like, even I think before, like on move-in day or before, because he was good. So I went, I went to Vanderbilt, and we have very good family friends that we met actually on vacation. Um, my fa- my family and I, we went to the same place every Fourth of July, and we met yeah. them. We met this family from Nashville one Fourth of July, and. Our moms hit it off. Our dads hit it off. I hit it off with the daughter. And like our families became super close. And then we decided to meet there together every summer. Got it. Got it. It's very cute. And she was one year younger than me. And so my – like we were not going to college the same year. Oh, okay. That's important because then she was there. To, she and her family helped me move in. And I was very homesick my first year at Vanderbilt. And so it was really nice to have them. Like I would sometimes go to their house and like spend the night. Anyway. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That, it was like a really lovely support system. So anyway, this is all to say she was very good friends with this guy. And she and her family introduced me to him, I think like pre-move-in day. Okay. So, so you friend. got kind of like went in with this friend. Yes. And so I know for a fact that I was not his first female friend because he was friends with my female friend. Got it. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. I was just wondering because like – and maybe he was your. Maybe he'd never had that type of closeness with her or with somebody else. But I was wondering if he was like, sort of incredulous that he could be feeling this level of closeness to a woman. That's fair. Me because he had never felt that before. That's very fair. Yeah. Still not not great of him to be sending these mixed signals. Fair. All fair. So we meet. Yeah. So we meet like first day, basically. Let's say, and yeah. are just like. So, you know, simpatico, you know, we spend a lot of time together. Like I, he I was, is also- I was thinking the word simpatico in my mind before you said Whoa. simpatico. Oh that God, is not I a common know. word. Yeah. That's <laughs> bizarre. Um, But we would have such great conversations about like both like life and like current events, books, like classes. Like we had like really, we just like had great conversation. He's a great yeah. like I love the way he thinks. He's so interesting. Um and anyway. So I'm like so he oh, he has a girlfriend when we start college. Oh, big note. What? I said big note. Yes, yeah. So um however, he is clearly not that into her. And oh. they Did she go did she go to Vanderbilt or were they long distance? No. Got it. Okay. At some point, they break up. Um, I kind of actually forget when. I still don't do anything, whatever. And, you know, I think, like, everyone in our lives, like, he probably knew, frankly. He would be absolutely delusional. But That you were in love with him? Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't think he would have been shocked by that. So <laughs> I I graduated Vanderbilt early. I was kind of done. Yeah. I finally tell him that I'm into him. Like, right before we – right before I was set to leave. Like, we had, like, two months left or something. Oh, my God. Very cowardly on my part. And he basically is like, I don't – like, we don't have time. 
Like, I don't know what to do with this information. Yeah. And he's he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And this has been – so this has been the rub moving forward. I was set to move to New York. Right. He was going to Ranger School, where he subsequently became a Green Beret. Oh, that's very intense. Yes. So, and he has not figured out how to maintain a relationship in the interim. You know, like, it's been very difficult. Understandably. Yeah, I can totally imagine that. Or or can't really, actually. But yeah, fair. With me or anyone. And it's funny. um, My friend Amy and I, who I talk a lot about um, on the podcast, we were having, we were walking one day and she was sharing that a guy that she dated who had um, some kind of like various struggles around things, she was Uh saying that he feels... Um, something for men that can be very difficult is having a successful father. And obviously that's tough because like you want a successful father, but it can like kind of fuck you up in that you then want to be just as good, but it needs to be in a different field. And something that this guy had expressed, I like we were talking, like he chose ranger school and this specific path in the military his dad is like an incredible surgeon his brother is also like incredible in the medical field like his people have chosen these very difficult paths and are very successful and he's like i had to do something that like was equal but that they couldn't do different yeah huh which I thought was really interesting because i remember asking him like why did you pick like literally the hardest thing (laughs) like that is the hardest thing yeah, you should have seen him too after Ranger School, like how thin. He he looked crazy. Anyway, Ooh. so he and I have – our birthdays are a week apart. Oh, that's fun. And so since graduating, we have a – like we have a yearly catch-up where we speak for like hours in between our birthdays. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so – and like that's – what? Where is he currently living? Let's talk about that. Oh, is he not allowed to tell you? Well, no, 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 no. We can, we, oh. we're getting there. Don't worry, don't worry. Don't okay, worry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, I'm jumping ahead. I'm excited. Yeah, he's been in various like base camps, like, and sometimes, honestly, like I, like I, we would text, we always text each other happy birthday, and like I said, have this catch up, and yeah. there have been times where it's been a dead zone, and so we do miss it sometimes. But yeah. um, so I also shot. I did shoot my shot in my adult life at some point when I lived in New York. Oh, and I said like, you know, we both graduated. You're like. I, I was really explicit at this point. And we actually, we, 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 we kissed, like things <gasps> happened. Yeah. Ooh. So this has happened again. It was a, what the fuck does this, like, th- what does this now look what? like? And yeah. he, I think was like very closed off to anything happening at that point. And we just like, didn't really make the effort to make anything work. Mm-hmm. So. Like I said, our conversations are pretty structured around one time of year. And I also have no expectation of hearing from him pretty much ever because, like, I don't really know where he is physically, emotionally, literally. Literally, yeah. He texted me yesterday. Oh, my God. What? This was yesterday. Yes, yesterday. He texted me. Oh, wow. What was the name of your high school? I'm meeting a lot of people from the Bay Area. I sent him the name and I said, also, hi, miss you. Also, hello, sir. Yeah. He said, I miss you too. I've actually found myself talking about you a couple times recently and have been realizing that I really need to call you. I'm recently in Croatia with 300 of my future business school classmates. Going to business school? Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, a stable, like three, you're not in the military anymore. There's a lot of information here that I'm taking in. I am. I said, holy shit, that's amazing. Where are you going to business school? He answers. It starts in a month. I said, you're a fucking star. He said, I'm pretty excited. I said, you should be. Wow. I'm really proud of you. Always was, but this is great. And he says, you've got to come visit me. I said, I would genuinely love to. And he said, you're welcome literally anytime. I said, okay, well, you can't take it back when I actually take you up on it. And he said, I won't, I promise. And then he said, and then he addressed, he was like, oh my God, that's the school. The He finally like responds to me saying, that's the school I went to. And he said, that's the girl. um, That's where the girl went that I'm sitting next to. I said, wait, when did she graduate? What's her name? And he said, wait, never mind. Different school and 2018. They are children. I said, yeah, that's a baby. I would not know that person. Yeah. And your school is really small. So that would have been like a very small world. Yeah. I said, wow, I have so many questions, but I'll save it for a catch up. You enjoy Croatia. And he said, of course, I'll be back on the night of the seventh and would really like to talk. I said, okay, amazing. (laughs) Anyway. So, so, Oh my goodness. He, this changes everything. <laughs> so is he no longer in the military then? Correct. Because you can go – like there are some people who will like go back to business school but then like return to the military to like work for them in some okay, capacity. Okay, fair enough. I've made some assumptions here. However, I this was sort of always the goal and he kept extending in the military. Like he oh, I think okay. was getting a lot of like a lot from it. Like the Green Beret, he, he actually said – after doing like his commitment as a ranger, he said, I would only do it if it was this like very elite force like Green Beret. Uh-huh. And he got yeah. it. And so he did it. And I think now is ready to like stabilize. Mm, okay. I'm like I said, making a lot of assumptions. But if he is going into a normal job and is going to live in one place, I would fucking do something about this in a second. Oh my God. I need to see a picture of this man. Oh God, he's so cute, Allie. I'll take a screenshot. Like his family like his mom texts me like I love his sit like I would kill to have his family be my in-laws like I can't believe I heard about this man because it's not present like I, you oh, know no. it's yeah we're gonna he's gonna need a nickname oh for sure here's him and his sister well we can we could take this offline he's very cute I know right exciting exciting times I know oh god I love him so much oh he looks so cute I'm looking at pictures now Here, now you're just now you're okay Focus, focus, focus. <laughs> oh, he and his friends went to Iceland. I know. I like all Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, we're back. We're back. Oh, man. Um, well, this is very exciting. Um, please noodle on a nickname because we are going to need to follow up on this man. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, we can call him, we can call him the Green, we can call him the Ranger, the Green Beret, the College Unrequited Love. <laughs> I like the ranger. Sure. Yeah. It's snappy. Yeah. Sit with it a little. See what you think. We could be, or you could just decide now that's what it is. I'll commit. I'll commit to the ranger. I'll commit to the ranger. That's good. It's like kind of hot. So super hot. Yeah. Great. I love this. Anyway, so I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Yeah. You should be. Not that my firm has a location. Oh, well, editing that out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, moving on. This is what happens when we've been recording for too long. So I am sloppy right now. Inside baseball for the listeners, we just recorded the Patreon right before this. We we've never really done this doubleheader before, so yeah, we're we're getting all sorts of all sorts of sloppy. Yeah, the, I mean the Patreon was so funny. I like I there is a I don't know if you call the story that I told about the friend a phone throwing moment or what. I think that, but, I think that's a phone throwing moment for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I gotta find um, out. If- I gotta find out if the Rangers dating anyone. That's that's what's gonna be key. 
I do I do think that's key. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you'll you'll find that out, and oh, it's all just very exciting. Yeah, we'll see. I, I wouldn't – I can't imagine him dating somebody. Anyway, I, I like how I'm telling myself this. You're just decided. You just decided. <laughs> yeah, I've decided. It's – yeah, it's happening. Okay. Um, so I went on a matchmaker date, which seems silly now because <laughs> I'm in love with somebody who I cannot be with. Um, anyway. You don't know that you can't be with him. Fair I like enough. how I'm just no. accepting that you're in love with him. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, yeah. I'm not pushing back on that part at all. I'm like, wait a minute. We don't know. This is yeah. – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, tell me about the matchmaker uh, date. Yeah, so um, – Honestly, the best conversation I've had on any of them. Oh, including Greg? Yes. Yes. Because my issue actually with Greg, like where – and I think I talked to you about this, where if we saw each other again, I really wanted to try to go like deeper. Right. Because I felt like our conversation was very like surface about like, oh, like we have friends. We like to go to dinner. Here's food I like. I like to cook. I like yeah. TV, you know, like it, it, easy conversation, but not anything. Yes, one level exactly. Deeper. Like very pleasant, but not. Mm-hmm. We weren't getting into anything, if that makes sense. And yeah, totally does. Yeah, and so like, whereas like, I really felt like I got to know this guy much better on one date. That's great. And um, yeah, and so the question is definitely the question is definitely attraction. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that part, that part is TBD. I would 1000% go out with him again. And I do hope he asks me out. Um, we did make a, we were cop, like, I tried to kind of lay the groundwork to make him feel sure that I would, would be open that to it because, yes. yeah. yeah. So here's what's crazy. So we were set, we were told to go to a bar for our date um, in West Hollywood, uh-huh. which is very inconvenient for me. However, right. I assumed he must live near there. Mm. He asked me, I think, at some point where you, where you live, and I said Santa Monica, and he goes, "Oh, I work in Hermosa," and I was like, "And that's like South Bay by the beach, just to orient people." And I was like, uh-huh. "Oh, do you live around here?" And he's like, "No, I live downtown." And I was like, "I work downtown." And here's what's crazy: I was like, "Okay, so this was convenient for neither of us." Yeah, the, I actually was wondering in my head, how does your matchmaker pick where you're going to go? It is usually tailored to where we live. That would make sense. Yeah, or a middle between us. And so what's here's what's crazy. What I I said, I, I realized later in the date, I was like, wait a second. They had originally tried to set us up last Thursday. Okay. And I had an early work dinner that night. All my like they start our dates at 8 p.m. Uh-huh. I had said, but I definitely could make an 8 p.m. drinks date if it's downtown. Because this work dinner is downtown by my office. So, like, if you want to put me on a date downtown, great. And now we know that he works downtown. No, he lives downtown. That would have been no problem for him. But still, either way, either way, either way. Point well taken. And so I was like, wait a second. Like, I said that. That should have been very doable. Did they know that you live downtown? He's like, yes. I specifically told them I would prefer a location either, like, on the west side or downtown. I was like, the two places where I go. Like, this – it was crazy. And so anyway, this is all to say, I tried to lay the groundwork by saying – Oh, and next time, like, we can actually control the destination and it, and it can be Love reasonably that. convenient. Yes. The door is very open. He asked me to text him when I got home. I did. He replied. I'm Now we wait. Yeah. Are you going to give your matchmaker feedback on the location of the date? Yes. And 
Yes, I am going to ask about that for sure because I have been on a date in West Hollywood before, but it's because he did live on the east side and like that it made sense as sort of an quote unquote in between. Totally fair. This makes no sense. This makes no sense, especially when they knew we were in the same place. Yeah. Wild. Anyway. Okay. Well, so we'll see. And how long yeah. how long after the date do you get his feedback on the date? Like when will you receive that? It's when I set up my call with my oh, okay. person. Yeah, gotcha. which I have to do. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. But anyway, that's what's up. That's what's going on. Okay. Great. How are you? I'm good. I'm at a wedding, as we mentioned at, at the top. Um, oh, you're making friends, taking names. And I yeah. I So I'm at my friend Teresa's wedding, um, who listens. Hi, Teresa. Your wedding is super fun already. Um, although she probably won't listen to this for a while because they're going on their honeymoon on Sunday. Um, so I know no one at this wedding. Or going into the wedding, I knew absolutely zero people at this wedding. Brave season. Love this for you. Besides Teresa and her fiancé, but that's it. Knowing the bride Um, is not enough going into a wedding because, like, that person is very busy. Yes. Well, (laughs) He's got a whole job to do. (laughs) Knowing that – so I was invited to – they had a welcome drinks. Um, They had a rehearsal dinner and then after that they had welcome drinks that, like, the whole wedding was invited to. I assume the whole wedding was invited to. And I was debating whether or not I was going to come up last night because I actually had a really busy work day of meetings. Normally, I get summer Fridays, but I did not have one yesterday. Um, And I decided to do it. I took calls from my car on the drive up that took close to six hours um, because I wanted to come to the welcome drinks to meet people in a more casual environment where she could spend some time talking to me potentially. Yes, I think this was a great call. Um, and she like crushed it from like the moment I she like saw me walk in, came over to me, brought me over to the group she was talking to, introduced me to them, was like, oh, I wanted to introduce you to these people and these people, like my friends from here, her fiance's friends from here, like, you know, let me introduce you. I said to her, I was like, You don't you don't have to worry about me. Like, you you know, I don't want you to be stressed about me on like your wedding. She was like, No, 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 no. Like, I'm not stressed, like I want to help you. She's wonderful. Yeah, um that's but so she ended up introducing me to a bunch of different people. I really hit it off with her former roommates, these three women that she lived with for I think like four years. They lived together, the four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and two of them, they are all – one of them is married. The other two are engaged. One of their partners was not is not able was not able to come to the wedding. So it was like the five of them and now I have joined the group as the sixth. I'm in the group chat for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, which was funny because, so I hit it off with them. We were talking, like spent like kind of the whole night together. I'm multiple times because I, I am cognizant that, well, let me like, I don't know. Actually, I think I, I, I flipped the way I wanted to say this. I think that I have a fairly good sense of whether somebody like wants me in a situation or not. Like, I think I would have a fairly good sense of whether people were feeling obligated to include me and talk to me. Yes. At the same time, I didn't want to fully lean on that. And just be like, well, yep, I'm talking to you guys for the rest of the night. Yeah. No, that's a – yes. Yes, totally. So I did like go – you know, I like went to refill my drink and like chatted with other people that I had been introduced to. Like I was talking to her fiancé for a bit. I was talking to her and like whatever. And multiple times they like brought me back in. And then like when we were leaving, I was talking to somebody else and they were like, we're getting a nightcap. Let's go. We're leaving. Come on. Um, so like they very, like they just very much made, have been making me feel like part of their group, which is just lovely. I was going to say that I was thinking of the Sally Field speech. 
you like me. You really like you me. You really like me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I think these people actually like want me to be present. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So we all went to like a couple blocks down to a brewery, got a nightcap. Um, they added me to the group chat. And then one of the one of the women is the maid of honor. And so she is not in the group chat because the group chat is specifically about like all the stuff they're going to do when she's otherwise occupied. And so she was like, Allie's in the group chat. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm not in this group chat. You made it. You made it. I made it. Um, so anyway, so there after we finish recording, I'm going to go meet them, I think, at a brewery for a little bit before we get ready for the wedding. Amazing. Um, that sounds so fun. Yeah. So having a great time here. Um, and then tomorrow I am getting up at 6 a.m. and driving to a volleyball tournament in Connecticut. Just kind of happened to work out that this big volleyball tournament is happening, like, kind of on my way home mm-hmm. from here. Although I wouldn't have been heading home at 6 a.m., typically speaking. Yeah. So that should be really fun. And love a full fun weekend. Yeah. And can I say, by the time this comes out, Yes, I can say this. Not that she listens. But I decided last night – so my mom – or my parents went to UC Davis. That's where they met. Mm-hmm. Um, they – before my dad passed away, had been mar- had been dating since – with one brief hiatus since they were 19. They met when they were 19. And they have a really close group of friends, of couples mostly, who also met at Davis and became close friends and are all still really close friends and most of them are still married. Mm-hmm. And growing up, we did an annual – so we hung out with them a lot. But growing up, we did an annual beach party where all the people that live in – there are a bunch of people who live in Southern California now, which is kind of random since that's not where they went to school. Um, Mm -hmm. But everybody that from out of town comes into town. It's the first weekend of August. Everybody comes into town. It used to be like 100 people. sounds so fun. So fun. And then obviously like more generations happen. So like they all had kids around the same time. Uh, Now many of the kids have kids because they're like my age. Um, And it's gotten smaller over the years. They now do it every three years in a bigger way. So like the San Diego people get together mostly every year, but like the out-of-towners come every so often. Mm -hmm. This year is an out-of-towner year. Hell yeah, let's go. And we haven't had one of those in a while because of COVID and everything. Um, and I decided last night that I'm going to go home and surprise my mom and come. Cute. I like this idea so much. Oh my God. She's going to lose it. I love a surprise. I love a surprise. And you don't uh, love a surprise visit to you. (laughs) Not unless that person has worked with my friends to know that I'm available Yes. To be surprised. And you obviously know that your mother is available and will be thrilled. I know that she is available and I know exactly what she's doing the whole weekend and that she would love that I was there doing those things with her and I want to do those things. That's the reason, in case somebody hasn't heard me talk about the surprise visit thing, that's the reason why I don't love a surprise visit to me because I am then anxious that the visitor is not going to be down with what I already had planned and like now I'm anxious that this person is like, basically like held hostage on this weekend that I had planned or that I have to cancel on other people because of the visit. It's legit. Tough all around. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I need to buy my flights when we hang up actually um, and figure out like exactly when I'm going to get there. The other factor is that Drake is going to a wedding, so he's not going to be there. Ah. Uh, so that was like kind of what pushed me over the edge to be like, totally. yeah, I want to go. You should be the child present. Yeah. I, I will be the child present. Um, 
So yeah, and by the time this comes out, it will have already happened. So I love it. I'm excited. And so I already texted her best friends, the whose daughter got married in Italy. Um, I texted them just to like let them know because there's like food coordination and mm. like they're having everybody back to their place afterwards for so dinner. They, and- so they know to keep it a secret too, right? They know to keep it a secret. Yes. Okay. I, I said like, this is a surprise. I just want to let you know because I know that you're like planning a dinner. Yeah. Um, like and like good. one person probably wouldn't matter, but like just so you know. Great. Great. So yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to go home. I haven't been home since February. Oh, wow. It's been a minute. Yeah. Um, so I'm pumped and my mom really wanted me to come home before she moves to her new place. She like wanted me to like see the way that she's nested in her current place. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to do that. Lovely. Yeah. And now that I've said it, I haven't, I hadn't booked it, but now I've, I've committed by saying it out loud. So I'm going. <laughs> I like it. Good. I like it. Yeah. That's what they say about like goals and stuff. If you say them out loud, you're more likely to do it. Yeah, so here other I am. And I also told the Lions, which is our, our friends, like I told them I'm coming. So now if I don't, they're going to be like, well, she sucks. <laughs> That's true. She, That's she got our hopes up for this surprise and then didn't come. What it's not the thought bitch. that counts. Yeah, right? It's actually <laughs> worse. Funny. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, and then I went on a super fun date with the Disco Ball this past week. Tell me everything. We went – so it was on Wednesday – Mm-hmm. And I had recently, so I have a an exhaustive list of summer date ideas that I want to do, um, and j- not even just date ideas, summer things that I want to do. Yeah. And one of them is that they recently announced, starting in July, that Governor's Island, which is a little island off the coast of like Brooklyn slash Manhattan, it's like right by the Statue of Liberty. Um, that it is now going to be open at night. It's never been an open at night before, at least on a consistent basis. It's where mm-hmm. GovBall is for people who've heard of GovBall, the like big music festival. Um, and it's now, there's like one piece of it now that has like a few restaurants and a picnic area. And that is now open until 10 PM on weeknights. And so previously, fun. yeah, previously the last subway left at, or subway, the last ferry left at 6 PM. So like not a nighttime destination. So I've been very excited about this. So I suggested it. It's like, have you been to Governor's Island? It's very cool. I want to go, whatever. So we went. We took the ferry from Manhattan over, um, which was very fun. Went to like, we kind of hopped around to a couple of the different places that are over there. Had small plates, had cocktails, sat at the bar at this one place and like looked up and we were sitting under a disco ball. Shut up. Yeah. He noticed. We sat down at the bar and he goes, and I like look over at him and he's just like looking up. And that I look up and we are sitting right under a disco ball. They're having It's a like moment. your version of mistletoe. I know, right? They're everywhere. They're definitely having a moment. I like picked this nickname at a very trendy time. Yeah, for sure. Anywho, so we did that. Then we went over and we got oysters. And the oyster place is like right on the water. So we like watched the sunset over Jersey City, which is a like right next to the Manhattan skyline. Mm-hmm. Um, it was beautiful. We had a great time. It was so fun. Then we took the ferry back and we they need to they need to figure this part out. The last ferry back from Governor's Island is after the last ferry from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Not well coordinated. Not well coordinated. And it's very close. Like it's we missed it by only a couple minutes. We knew it was gonna happen because we had like right. the schedules already, but like frustrating. Frustrating. Um but it ended up being super fun. We got city bikes and we biked across the Brooklyn Bridge. Lovely. 
um, which was actually quite hard. Yeah, that's a fucking workout, dude. Yeah, it was a workout. And he bikes a lot. He has a bike. As I mentioned before, he like biked to my apartment before. Yeah. And so he was like leading the way. I was behind him. I'm fucking dying as we're like going up the, you know, like bridges go up. Yeah. Right before. So we're going up. (laughs) I, okay. (laughs) Not me. That was just like very funny. (laughs) Um, I didn't really remember that bridges went up for the record until I was going up. So we're like climbing and I'm behind him. I'm fucking dying. Was like, I'm definitely going to be sore tomorrow. I am sucking wind. Like he's probably just like sitting pretty because he bikes all the time. Like yeah, my hair is going everywhere. Like this is just not great for me. Then finally we made it to the flat part and the downhill part. And it was really pretty up there, obviously, because the skyline and everything. And it was. How many gears do city bikes have? How many? I'm not sure, but they have multiple. Okay, so okay, that's that's at least good. Yeah, that was better. And he actually was helping me with that because I don't know much about bikes. And when I was behind him, I was like, I think my bike is on a really low gear, and I like couldn't figure out how to do it. He was like calling back to me. Um, so we made it back to Brooklyn, and then he was like, God, that was a lot harder than I was expecting. And I'm like, Oh my <laughs> God! <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he admitted it. That's funny. We were both sweating. Like, like, yeah, no, no one's looking hot. cute right now yeah so yeah. hot literally and figuratively I was so glad that I decided to wear a romper instead of my little like mini dress totally oh my god good point yeah I mean we just like wouldn't have done it if I was wearing the little mini dress um yeah. but uh yeah so it was very fun um had a great time I uh, so I went into more detail about this on the patreon that I will not regurgitate here um I'll just like very high level I've now reached a part of dating him that I've never reached before with someone, which is that there are people who know who he is. Mm-hmm. Not because of anything I've said, but because right. he has told people that we're dating or like the story that I told before, you know, whatever. Like there are people that are listening that, that know who he is. And, and we're now at a point where because of that and because of the, you know, we're further along in dating where I'm now like talking about more like serious stuff and, you know, things that involve another person. And Mm -hmm. I, I signed up for this obviously. And I, I went into more depth on the Patreon about how I'm navigating or continuing to try to navigate what I have signed up for and not always doing it perfectly or even close to perfectly. Um, And like I said, there's more shit about that on the Patreon. Um, But he didn't. He didn't sign up for it. Correct. Originally. He has now signed up for it. because Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has now consented into into this. Yeah. He is quite supportive. Fully, fully, not not just consenting, but fully, like, enthusiastically supportive. Yeah. At the same time, though, while I need to accept that part of me doing this is negative feedback about me – there's also negative feedback about him. Mm-hmm. And that's probably going to be true no matter what's going on and who I'm dating. Yeah. But it's just something that I hadn't I've, – I've yet to encounter because I hadn't made it this – like I haven't like gotten to this point with – made it is a weird word, phrase to use. I hadn't like gotten to this point with someone with where my platform and our platform is at. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Like the last time that I got to that point – was with the oyster and 
at the time we didn't have the pod at the time and my platform was nowhere near what it is now and the yes, rower was very totally. different I, nobody really knew who he was like his friends that was a very different situation yeah all true so all that to say that i am from i'm definitely going to continue to update on the dates we're going on and you know like we're, we're still dating and like that kind of thing but in terms of like how i'm feeling and kind of what's going on there i'm taking more of a beat to internalize it before externalizing it mm-hmm. i don't know if that's the right way to phrase that yeah no i think it is i think it is um, for that reason, because I, you know, I want I want to be cognizant that everything I'm saying is about another person as well, and I always I'm always cognizant of that, as we both are, of course. But this has reached a little bit of a different point. Thousand percent. So that's where we're at. Very good. Yeah. Um, well, I think those are all the updates. Um, I. So you inspired me. <gasps> oh my god! Thanks. <laughs> What'd you do? So last time, so last time we talked about apostrophe skincare, you were saying yes. that after you got back from, I think it was Austin, that you had some like darker spots. A little from melasma the sun. action. Yes. Melasma, thank you. Um I, a couple days ago, maybe a week ago at this point, was looking in the mirror and saw like a darker spot on the side of my face. Mm-hmm. And did was like th- Did you think it was poop? <laughs> Patreon joke. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, so good. Okay. Um, I saw a little spot on the side of my face. It looked like a sunspot. Like that's – at first I was like, is it a bruise? Because that's highly yeah. highly likely that I've random bruises places. But it was still there the next day. And so I started dabbing my apostrophe skincare product on it. And it is gone. Amazing. Love to hear that. Yeah, mine is looking so much better. And I did re-up my Trentinoan. Oh, okay. Yeah, Great. Trentinoan. I have to I still have to log in and redo mine. I still get anxiety over how I say it. Saying um, it. I'm I'm I've given up on doing it right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did re-up, so I have it waiting in the wings, ready for me to like I'm like at the bottom of my current. Um, and I'm I'm very happy. I feel like my skin is looking youthful. I'm I actually came across I think a picture of me in college recently and I was like I really think my skin looks better today than it did in college. Wait, I think that too. I think my skin yeah. looks better now than it used to. Yeah. I just think I think uh, both, both of us are probably just better at taking care of it. A thousand percent. My and skincare routine I mean, was almost none, nothing at the time. I, I'm sure I was like washing my face with, you know, Irish Spring or some shit. <laughs> Therapy Jeff called out. Okay. Um, but yes, so we take our skin very seriously, and for me, apostrophe and the tretinoin that it brings me has become an essential part of that. And so we have a special deal for our audience, which is to save $15 off of your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash FMH, and then enter our code FMH, which is only available to our listeners. Yeah. So to get started, go to apostrophe.com slash FMH. You click begin visit and then use our code FMH at sign up. You'll get your first visit for only $5. That is A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash FMH. Use that code FMH to get your first dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we thank Apostrophe for sponsoring the pod. 
So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more, but when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, and they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast. They have on-the-go lunches if you don't work from home. I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You can look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu. And that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use code code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. All right. We're taking like a little bit of a um, detour. Left turns the wrong phrase, but a non sort of non-dating podcast, but the intersection with dating is high. Very high. So, oh, first I want to call out that we forgot to do Weird or Not or Mythbusters so that Mm -hmm. there will not be that segment. Yes. Just so that everyone knows. It's Sorry. (laughs) We're recording the pod one day early. Everything's gotten a flutter. That's not a real word. Whatever. So Also, I am scrolling, by the way. There are so many questions. It's insane. There are so many questions to the point where Spoiler alert, this might need to be a two-part series. Yes. And also, like, yes, we can I, – I, I'm very pro, like, returning to this at any time. Exactly. That's kind of what I mean. Like, there's, yeah. you know, there's no way that we could possibly cover all of the questions that are in here. Yeah. Even across two episodes, frankly. Um, so, yeah. So, series might be the wrong word, but, like, there will – I think there will need to be a second installment where we can revisit yep. a lot of these – a lot of these questions that we won't get to today. Um so we haven't even said what it is. So on we get we get a lot of career questions every time that we do like a grab bag or when I do my ask me anythings or on the Patreon and the ask us anythings and we've gotten a couple suggestions to do a career focused podcast and originally we were thinking that maybe it would be like, you know, careers and dating and kind of navigating that based on the questions that we've gotten though. We're going a little broader and just talking about career advice in general. And some of that definitely intersects with dating, but this is, yeah, a little bit of a um, a broader life advice moment. I love us. it. I'm excited. Me too. Um, so I thought that a good place to start to like ground everyone would just be like a very high level. Like we got questions of like, where you know, what – what do your career paths look like? Like what have they looked like? And like, where are you at kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Just to like ground everyone in, you know, who are you and why are you giving us advice on this? Yeah. Kind of thing. And Um, I, this is a, I like how different our paths are actually. Very different. I think that that's actually super helpful for this episode that they they started in literally the same place, which is interesting. That is how we met because our career started in literally the same place. Um, And then we've taken wildly different pads from there, which I think is going to make this extra interesting. Totally. Um, do you want to go first? Oh, sure. So um, I started in corporate retail, like what Allie is doing now. And 
part of that is because in so in college I got to know a woman who worked on the corporate side of a fashion company called Donna Karen. And um I don't think they it's wild. They I don't think make new clothes anymore. But um oh, anyway. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think Donna Karen's done. Um and now she works at the row and is like the coolest woman ever. Her kids are so well dressed. It's like infuriating. Anyway, so um so I got to know her and I remember talking to her about, you know, post-grad, all this stuff. All the way, also, by the way, there is a terrifying crow, like right outside my window. <gasps> it is massive and it's like staring at me. Okay. That's scary. So um, so I got to know her and it, we were kind of talking about career and she asked me what I think is actually a really good question. She goes, what are your interests and what are your strengths? Oh. And – And because then her kind of conclusion was like, okay, like, well, what sits at the intersection of those? And so the reason I I also like just really liked her and I was like, oh, I like this person. Maybe I would like other people that do this job. You know, like I I, I think culture of like career culture can be really, really important. Like a reason I actually like love my firm is because, yeah, like a reason I love my firm and often don't mind the long hours is because like I'm with great people. We're all in it together and I'm. I like love working with them. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I have always loved clothing, fashion. I, I still view it as a hobby, like personal style, exploring style, etc. Like I love that stuff, but I'm not creative. I could not draw an accurate stick figure. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to be a designer. I'm not going to do anything creatively here. And so I was like, but yeah. I'm analytical. And so what if I did the business side of fashion and hence where we where we met? Mm-hmm. I was just like, I kept looking at each person above me and feeling like I didn't want their job. Yeah. And I just knew something was like not right. And I didn't know what was right, honestly. I, I knew I needed a change. I talked to my friend's dad who works in finance and he was saying, you know, to pit, you could go get your MBA. You could, you know, to kind of get into a different direction. And which to me, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to start over – I'm going to really start over. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm stuck in quote unquote business. And so I took a year, I I left our company and I took a year where, um, because I was was debating a PhD as a grad school. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent a year doing research um, because that's like what largely you do in a PhD and I wanted to absolutely die. So um, anyway, but this is all to say also that – I listened to a podcast. The reason I came to this is because I listened to a podcast at the time about how envy is a productive emotion. Hmm. And if you look at like jealousy is feeling like someone else is possessing something that is rightfully yours. So that's why you feel like jealousy when a partner is speaking to somebody else or whatever. But envy is different. Envy is something that you don't have that you feel like you could have or should have or whatever. Or wants. Yes. And not that that person who has it shouldn't also. Correct. Yes. And so this guy was saying he was he, – he, um, this guy on the podcast was in academia and he was saying he was seeing all these books being authored by these other people in academia that he knew and didn't think super highly of. And he was huh. like – and he realized that he wanted to write a book, mm. that his reaction was realizing that this is something he wanted to do for himself. Right. And so he said, look at people 
jobs, whatever, that you are envying. And so I looked, and this is to say, I looked at the people above me and I was like, I don't envy this person. Yeah. I don't envy that job description, you know, whatever. And I also really liked our like legal compliance meetings. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Pain of my existence, uh, but go off. Totally. <laughs> and so, you know, I was a liberal artsy major in college. And so I think law school was always sort of like lurking as an option because I was like, that's kind of what people do. Like, should I just take the LSAT and bank it? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And But it always felt like a decision that was a backup plan. And it's such an expensive decision, speaking of debt, yeah. that I really wanted to be sure that it was something I was running towards, not like a different thing that I was running from. Right. Or like falling into because of like exactly. a lack of another idea. Yeah. So I spent a year doing research because I was considering a PhD and then was like, okay, this is not it either. I need to seriously think about law school here. And I kind of realized that I think like those are like those are my people. I do think that like that is the culture that I want to be surrounded by, like the intellectual exercise, the like something that I love about my job is I don't know what's going to happen every day. Yeah. And like that can be anxiety producing to some people. Um, you know, like I go into most days with like some form of a to- – like certainly some form of a to-do list based on broader things that are happening. But there things come up every day that I could not have possibly predicted. And I really like that. Um, and it's a tradition in my family. And so obviously then I – you know, you got to do the whole rigmarole, go to, um, go to grad school, et cetera, et cetera. So um, – and then – I, my, it's a tradition in my family for Thanksgiving to go around the table and say what you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And this year, what I said was, I am thankful that I feel like I'm no longer waiting for this piece of my life to start. Oh, I love that. that. Thank you. And I just feel like I've so totally, because I'd started at the firm at that point um, mm-hmm. and it was a couple months in. And I like, I've just been like really, really happy. And I know on this podcast, I complain sometimes about, various aspects of it, which I think is fair. Like we're allowed to feel yeah, all things about absolutely. situations. And, um, but by and large, I'm like so, so, so happy. And I'm definitely not one of those like don't go to law school lawyers. So don't come to me for that. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, my career path since we met has been more linear, although there have been like some interesting jumps within. So I like similar to you, I did not know going into college that I would end up in corporate retail. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I went into college, well, in high school, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Um, by the time I was actually entering college, I thought I wanted to be a diplomat. Ooh. Yeah. So I actually started out at Penn in a dual degree program that it's called the Huntsman Program. It's you get a degree in international sci- um, international studies and then a degree in business from Wharton, which is the business school at Penn. And then the idea is that you go into some sort of international business, et cetera. That's super cool. Um, Yeah. It's a really cool program, really small program. Um, Part of the requirement of the program is that you study abroad. You have like a target language, like a concentration language. Mine was French. That's why I speak still pretty good French because I took it. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. So I already was pretty good at it when I went to college. But then in college, I took many, many French courses that were like, you know, higher level, like French for business, that kind of stuff. I don't remember any of that, but um, I realized pretty quickly that I hated the international studies portion of my education. 
And I also was fairly certain that I did not want to go abroad. Mm. And I obviously now love to travel and I liked to at that time too, but for just a variety of reasons, things I was involved in on campus, et cetera, I, I didn't know if I wanted to. And if I did, I didn't want to go to France and I had to go to France as part of my concentration thing. So I was kind of lost and I also simultaneously was feeling like everybody in Wharton. So I, I ended up dropping the Huntsman program and being solely in Wharton because I did like that stuff better. But I was feeling like everybody in Wharton was on this like finance track that mm-hmm. like they went there knowing that they wanted to go into eye banking, which would then lead to private equity, which would then lead to a hedge fund, which would then lead to, you know, like yeah these finance things. I probably just fucked up that track because I don't know that much about it. But like I just felt like everybody knew. That like these are the things they were going to do. And everybody was so good at these finance and econ classes that I was truly terrible at and didn't like at all. Those two things are definitely linked. Mm-hmm. Chick- chicken or the egg type of thing, but definitely linked. 100%. Classic. Um, yeah. I had no desire to get better at it because I didn't like it. So I distinctly remember one day, sophomore year, fall semester, sophomore year, I failed, and I'm putting failed in quotes because there's a curve at Wharton and you like can't actually fail, but, uh, or it's really hard to actually fail. Um, I failed a, a finance midterm and I went to office hours for this professor. His name is Dr. Whitney. He's, he's now passed away and he was incredible. And I went into his office and I said, like, I, I failed this. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, you know, I'm failing your class. And he was like, well, you're not going to fail my class. You're going to get a C because um, that's how the curve works. Yeah. Um, but which at the time blew my mind as well because that was not the student that I was prior to this moment. Um, yeah, that's that, I, that would stress me out. Yeah. But he was like, you know what? This is not your thing. Finance is not your thing. And like yeah. that is – totally fine and great. And we are going to find what your thing is. And so he literally walked me down the corridor of other Wharton professors' offices and introduced me to professors from other departments. Oh my God, that's so lovely. It was wonderful. And this professor that I really resonated with was in the marketing department and he specifically focused on consumer psychology. And I ended up becoming fascinated with consumer psychology and just dove into this marketing thing and in the course of taking all of these consumer psychology classes, met people who had interned in retail, decided to try it out, interned there at the company that you and I ended up working at. I interned there for two summers, went back full time, and I was there for five years after college. Yeah. Um, And so that was kind of a long intro into how I ended up there. Um, But like, exploring, right? Like bouncing around, figuring out like what sticks, what doesn't, what you like. Yeah. I mean, so much of figuring out what you do like is figuring out what you don't like. Totally. Totally. And interesting to that, I went into that career thinking I wanted to be a buyer. Like that was like, I didn't know I'm now in planning, um, which is like more of the like financial numbers end of the business of retail. And buying is more product focused, to mm-hmm. put it at a super high level. I didn't know what planning was. I just – I knew about buyers. I thought it seemed super fun. I also have always loved friends. clothing. Yep. Rachel and friends. Um, and, you know, so yeah, I'm going to be Rachel Green. <laughs> um, and I – so I, I went there. I worked there for five years. The way that it worked there was that when you, when you, were, when you were eligible – so you didn't just get promoted. 
you were mm-hmm. rated as eligible to be promoted, and then you had to interview for your next position in whatever departments had that position available for you. So like if you were going to be, if you were an assistant buyer who was eligible to be a senior assistant buyer, the role you're in is an assistant. Like that department is too small for a senior assistant. So like you would then interview, I know you know this, but like you would then interview to be a senior assistant in a bigger department. So I was at the point where I was interviewing for buyer jobs. I interviewed for four buyer jobs. I didn't get any of them. Oh my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So I was an associate planner at the time. Uh, because you had to do planning before you could be a buyer. I was an associate planner in costume jewelry. I wanted to be a buyer so badly. I interviewed for four buyer positions. I wasn't getting them. I was feeling so disheartened and like, maybe this place isn't for me. Like, I always kind of felt like I didn't fully mesh with the culture. Um, But like, I just, I was kind of feeling like I wasn't in the in crowd and, you know, whatever. Talked to my mentor um, who was in the planning organization at the time. Like she was like the very, very top tippy top head of my planning organization. And she was like, you know what? Here's what you do. There's this planner role open, which is a, a promotion from where you're at now, but still in planning. There's this planner role open. Take that. See what you think. You can always interview to be a buyer after that. And I loved it. That's amazing. Yeah, I think costume jewelry just like didn't jive with me for a couple different reasons, but I became the planner for a like really fast-paced, really fun, young, contemporary fashion department, mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved it. Um, and so I did that for a while, and then like exactly like you said, I was then looking at my boss who was overseeing multiple planners, and I didn't want her job. There you go. And I was like – she spends all of her days dealing with political brands because there were a lot of different brands in the mix at this job. And she spends her days on the phone with brands negotiating advertising money. I'm like, right. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to be at a brand where like we make our own clothes and like I'm owning my own business and I'm not dependent on these other brands and how good their clothes are. Yep. Very fair. Um, and so that, so I transitioned into vertical retail um, with a couple different pivots along the way. I've done, I've worked at bigger companies. I've worked at startups, which I've decided are not for me. Um, and I am now back at a bigger company. Um, everybody knows this. I work for Tory Burch. Um, yeah. so that's not a secret. Um, and I absolutely love it. I absolutely Fantastic. love it. I've been there two years now. Um, as we discussed recently, just got promoted, which I was super excited about. And also just like feels really good that like I am able to kind of grow in my career at this company and continue to learn while being in the same place that I really love. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. We're killing it. So And like this is also just like we can answer like I have been miserable at a job, you know. Same. So yeah. Yes, I, I also have been miserable in places. And also at the same company been super happy and then miserable and then like back to happy. Like it's not, it's not binary. Definitely not. Definitely not. Excited to get into questions. I also do want to, because there are some questions about like getting into industries, et cetera. I also really do want to acknowledge the ways in which like the privileges that I had that put me in positions to be able to have the positions that I do. Like Mm -hmm. the fact that like my upbringing brought me to Penn which is a place that the company that we ended up at was recruiting. Recruiting, yeah. And like that is a massive, massive piece of how I got my foot in the door and I would be remiss not to mention that. 
Um, so and a lot of the advice we're going to give applies sort of regardless, but like I, that, I think that that's, that is important to say because it's not a small piece of where I am today. Good call. Um, okay. I actually, I was thinking about this one um, based on your stories, Allie. And so I kind of want to mm-hmm. do this one, get this one um, on the jump is okay. finding a mentor. Ah, yes. And I actually want to pass along advice that I got and think is exceptional from Matt. Oh. Yeah. So when I – he and I were on a – so he is somebody who started at a very large company and found found a mentor and he and this mentor broke off and started their own smaller company. Okay. And so he has, I think, a lot of really good like work advice, actually. And so when I was starting, when I was like about to start, I think I was still hanging out doing nothing after the bar. And I, was, I think I was about to start. And I, he and I were on a walk. And he told me to, he said, you want to target three people. You want one person who is just a little bit ahead of you. Mm-hmm. in the cycle of your job because yeah. you're going to need somebody to ask all your dumb questions to that you feel safe yep. to, with and that we you're met. not going to what that's how we met yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and um and he was like because they like you know you're going to need help and you don't you don't want to feel like you're bothering somebody like very yeah. far above you yeah and you want somebody who's um, like very recently been in your shoes Exactly. Literally, I think that might have been exactly what he said. Somebody who was recently in your shoes. I was great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then he said, then, you know, figure out kind of like what what is right for your industry, your job. Somebody who's like four years, four to five years ahead. So sort not of not a that crazy next, jump. Not a crazy jump where this person can give you real substantive advice, but it's somebody that you really want to model that you really like either their trajectory or their position and use that to figure out the steps that you need to take in the relatively near term to get there. Because it's too far to look 15 years in advance to like the head honcho. Yeah. That like that is, you know, like too kind of distant. But then he said, and then your third person is that person. The head honcho. The head guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, get to know somebody who is – the real long-term, get them to know your name, get them to trust you, do good work for them so that they remember you and can bring you along on their journey as well. But that's going to be less of like a day-to-day relationship. Yeah. And I think that is such fucking good advice. I have completely put it into action. I like am obsessed. I love it. It's funny because I love it too. I did that at the company that we were both at and didn't, I didn't think about until now about that like three-pronged approach. I didn't do it like intentionally necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I did. You're so right. It's one of the reasons why when I onboard new team members, I set them up with – we call I call it a buddy. Yeah. But it is somebody who is that person that's like one step ahead of them. It's not their boss. Mm -hmm. It is somebody that like was recently in their role that exactly they can ask all of their very dumb but very valid – questions everybody has I still have very very dumb questions on a daily basis and I have the the head of store planning I'm the head of econ planning the head of store planning she and I are each other's person where we ask dumb questions 
Love that. Um, although we're both recently trying to do a thing where we don't say dumb question because like that's a thing that I think we need to stop doing. Yeah. Um, both me and her and also women in general. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love, I love that advice. Yeah. And- Can you speak to it all like – because I think people often then are like, okay, well, how do I make that person my mentor? Can you speak to that a, a little bit? Yeah. So it's much easier with the person who's like most recently in your shoes. Like that's yeah. super easy. Like you just start to asking the point where people, that's kind of a friend. Like the, the mentor. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely a friend. Like I think like it might not be immediately obvious who that person is going to be. So you might need to ask a few different people a few questions until you kind of like see where the vibe is of that yeah. person that's going to be your person. Um, I – it, it's harder with virtual work than it used to be. Much. But I do think something that really helped me was asking people out to coffee. Mm-hmm. And that and now that looks different if you don't work in an office anymore. But I still think there are times when you can say like, hey, you know, I would love to like catch up and get to know each other a little more, you know, kind of thing. This is more for the person that is that second prong, mm-hmm. that person that's like a few, four, five years ahead of you where like there's still a – there could be more of a casual relationship than someone who's like the tippy top head person. Yeah. Um, or maybe not the tippy top head person. That's yes, yes, yes. Like for me, but... it's for me, it's like, you know, junior associate is my equal. Yeah. High mid to senior is sort of like the next, and you know, like a few years. And then a partner would be my Yeah. Like, yeah. Not so we're like not talking like the CEO the firm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we're not, yeah. Like I'm not talking to I'm not talking to Tory Birch. Yeah. Like <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, but anyway, so you're like, I, I mean, I do, but like, whatever. <laughs> well, she's in meetings. I mean, she, is, yes, she, she is, runs, she, she runs the creative part of the company. Yeah. Totally. Uh, but, but she is not my mentor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I think that that I think can be, you know, a little more casual, like, Hey, I would love to take you out for, you know, a cup of coffee and get to know you better. Like I, I think flattery is your friend here, but in an authentic way by saying like, I really admire the path that you've taken here or like I really admire like the work that you're doing. I would love to hear more about it and get to know each other. Beautiful. And people and and in an authentic way. Like you're not you're you are picking somebody where that is true. Yes. If that's not true, that's not the right person for you to pick for this role. Correct. So you're not, you know, you're not like blowing smoke. You're saying no. something that is very much true. Um and then – so that is what that is what I have done kind of at, you know, at those levels. And then for that higher level person, so that is the person at, at my first job who suggested that I take this planner role. Um, she was, I don't know, maybe an SVP at the time. She was like my boss's 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 boss, like way, way removed from me. We had absolutely no daily, daily interaction. Um, and – I explicitly asked her if – I don't know if I used the word mentor, but I explicitly asked her if I could kind of come to her for career advice and like that. made that more of an, an explicit, formalized, quote-unquote, ask. Mm-hmm. And not say like, oh, can I take you out for coffee? But like, you know, pop my head in and said, hey, you know, I'm – like make sure she knows my name. Like I'm Allie. I just want to introduce myself. Like I'm, you know, I'm whatever, whatever. And explicitly made that ask. Yep. And then followed up with actual advice questions. Yeah. Even and I've I, done something. Sorry. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, and I, I, that's a very similar approach to what I've taken with a couple partners that I really look up to and trust where I've said, you know, I would like to see if I am capable of being partner. And I would like you to know that that's a career goal of mine. And I hope that I can, I hope that this can be an ongoing dialogue where we kind of figure out how to actualize that goal. And that's great also because, because not a lot of people in big law, like uh, often a lot of people don't want big law for life and that's fine. And I'm open to that changing about myself for sure. But they are excited because like the same way a professor likes it when you come to office hours, it's because Mm. you are expressing an interest in something that they've like dedicated their life to. Yeah, so true. And so if you say like, I want to do what you do, it sort of tells the person that like, I think what you do is good. I am complimenting what you did because I want to do it too. Like, and so it's, it's flattering. And also to Ali's coffee point, people fucking love to talk about themselves. Ask them, you know, talking about their career, they will love it. Like, why do you think I fucking have this? Like, why do you think we do this? (laughs) Right. Like talking through through our career patches now, like that's super fun. Yeah. I feel like really great. Um, But yeah. So I think like, I think approached in the right way, everyone will be receptive to this. Yeah. It is more awkward virtually. And I think like, just you know, that acknowledging that that is true, um, especially in an environment like you go into the office, you know, on a, on a semi-regular basis, I really Much never more than Yeah. Yeah. I, I go work once a month. Um, and so establishing those touch points is much more, you have to be much more intentional about it. Um, uh, because you're like reaching out to somebody sort of like cold calling them in a sense. Yeah. You're not going to pass them in a hallway. No. So you kind of have to put yourself out there in that way. Yeah. Um, oh, this is good. So we got a lot of questions about like work-life balance tips and setting boundaries mm-hmm. at work. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So I I really am against the word balance. Mm-hmm. I This is a hill that I will die on. <laughs> that Because conceptually, balance is, you know, scales that are equally weighted, right? Therefore, the moment something changes, you're out of balance. And so if the goal is true balance moment to moment, you will always fail. And so I think you have to extend your time horizon a little bit in your concept of balance where this week, for example, was balanced across the week in that my like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was a lot of work. And then Thursday, Friday was a lot lighter with work and I got more sleep and I cooked and like those were lighter days. Like but as a day, imbalanced. Yeah. And so I think that you have to kind of like open yourself up to realizing there are different phases where this is going to be a phase of really intense work and it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be X. It's not going to be Y. Or, you know, this is a phase of vacation and I'm going to fully not check my email. Yeah. Embrace both of those because technically to be balanced, you should be working on vacation. Because that's not 50-50. You know, so yeah, anyway. Yeah, like if you're, if you're trying like, to be balanced at any given moment. Yes. Yeah. I like the idea of expanding the time horizon. Thank you. Um, and so, obvi- like, burnout, there are some questions about burnout too, right? Burnout is not what we want here. And I, I've said this a couple times now. This is why, like, the partners I work for have encouraged me to take a vacation because their perspective is, like, it's important to us that you have a long life as an employee <laughs> of this firm. Yeah. Therefore, we really don't want you to burn out. And, like, the work will always be there. There's like, 
you're not going to miss out on work by going on vacation for a week. And so I think that figure out like the things that you really feel like make you a person outside of work and make those a priority when you can. And so for me, and like I definitely, to do that, I definitely make compromises. For example, when I went to trivia on Tuesday night, I took two hours to go to trivia and it meant that I had to come home and work after and stay up a little bit later. Yeah. But in even in busy times with work, I know that I will lose it if all I do is work and sleep. Totally. And totally. I like I have to have like I'm I, I definitely can have introverted tendencies, but I really need to have kind of like some close friend stimulus to feel good during a week. And so I will find a way to make that work, even if it means not working, like not getting up or like sleeping later than I would. So like not working out or like that's a trade-off that I make. But maybe you need to hit your workout five days a week, no matter what. And therefore you should sacrifice something else. You know, it's all, it's all just a dance, but I think figure out like what makes you feel really good and full outside of work and make sure that you are finding ways to make those things happen semi-consistently. Yeah. I love that. I think the other thing, I agree with all of the things that you said, something that I think is also important to evaluate is there are different levels of boundaries and balance available to you depending on the type of work that you are doing. Yes. And one of the reasons that I decided that startups were not for me is because the amount of balance and boundaries that are available in many, many startup environments is not one that I am seeking. Totally. And Great point. like and I would I would not be happy working like I was not happy working some of the hours I was working. I would not be happy working some of the hours that I see other people working. And that has an impact on the things that I know are available to me in terms of my career. Mhm. And that's just yeah. a factor that I'm factoring in that like I don't want XYZ role or career or pivot because it will mean why. Yeah. And I don't want why. So like I have one of the reasons why I really enjoy my job that I do currently and why I have enjoyed many of the roles that I've had is because I am able to set firmer boundaries and it's okay. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it, that I always can and there are definitely times when I'm working like crazy into the night because something has to get done. But oh. generally speaking, I am able to set really firm boundaries and have it be fine. Respected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's not the case for every for every career. Like they're like we we've talked about this. Like you're not allowed to just say like no, I'm not going to check that right now. Correct. You know, there's different different like um, proportions of that. 100%. Also, like if you think about people that are client facing, like you are in not you, but one is in law potentially, yeah. unless you're yeah. in house um, or like other roles that are client facing. That looks really different too. Like 100%. there's different boundaries that you can set with clients than, you know, internal stakeholders. I was just – there's like so much – like everything we're saying is making me think of so many things. <laughs> I know. And somebody else asked like, do we consider finding Mr. Height work, which I think is an interesting question. Um, yeah. I mean, I do. Yes. I definitely do. It yeah. feels different than my other work. 100%. It, for me, it feels like um, – 
I don't want to say, well, I, I'm going to use the words more fulfilling. And I don't mm. mean that to say that I don't like my other work and feel fulfilled by it and intellectually stimulated and challenged by it because I do. But my work with Finding Mr. Height fills my cup in a very different way. Yeah. For um, me, it fills my like create my desire for something creative. Yes. Same. Same. Um, and so I think that's what I mean by fulfilling because that is an outlet that I had not had filled in my very, you know, numbers-based retail career. Yeah. Um, but in especially with my coaching business that I'm doing, like the podcast is a little more um cabined. Yes. But with like my coaching business and with, you know, sponsorship deals or affiliates, like there's always more that I could be doing to grow more, make more, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. We, were just, setting, I mean, we were just talking about this. Yeah. And and it's true with the podcast too. Like there are so many things that we could be doing with the pod that we're just like, we just cannot do that right now. And we just have Correct. to accept that like this is the level that we are able to be at with our current bandwidth and mm-hmm. the amount that we're able – like, you know, we could throw money at things and, you know, totally hire a whole team. But like that's what we're trying to do. Right. And I – that is – I've had to set boundaries for myself with Finding Mr. Height stuff, both podcast and otherwise, of like – I, I could do that, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, the Disco Ball actually, and I had an interesting conversation about, I, I wish that I could remember what podcast he was referring to. He loves podcasts. Um, he said that he was listening to some sort of like career podcast. And there was a guy who was saying that in productivity, what you decide not to do is more important than what you decide to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it. That like pick the things that you are not going to do so that you can then focus and do really well at the things that you decide to do. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um yeah, and that's something that I have grappled with not so much at my corporate job, but with finding Mr. Height is like when I for example, when I was launching my website like 2 years ago now. I wanted it. I had this vision of the, and it's, I had this vision of what this website could be and all the things that it could do and the functionality it could have. And I could have spent three years building this website. Right. I, if I, if I built this thing that was in my head at the time, I still wouldn't have one. But you are better off just putting up a website. (laughs) Yes. Like I I didn't have a website. Get a fucking website up. (laughs) And like, there's that other phrase that's like, um, perfect is the enemy of good or something like that. The best is the enemy of the good. Yes. Thank you. Um, and that was that, right? That like- 100%. It's, I, I didn't have a place for people to purchase things. Yes. And that, having a place you to purchase things- You a platform for that. Yes. Having, having a place where people can purchase the things at all- In this case, the egg had to come before the chicken. It did. Like I needed a place where someone could purchase things and it, it doesn't matter if I am in the process of building this amazing thing if no one can pay me in the interim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's not a business. No. So what question were we answering? Boundaries. <laughs> yes. So I had to set like, boundaries with myself. Yes. And, say, and I think, like, like one of it. those I feel like I've heard from you is, like, we have a question and answer box for a reason. Like, we do not do answer, like, DM questions. Yes. Yeah. So I have a um, – many people have received it. I have – Instagram has this feature called saved replies. And it enables you to type one trigger word and it will then like fill kind of like the um 
autofill thank you for um you're just like reading my mind today um so autofill thing i know right um was that on the patreon everything no that was here because i was talking about the ranger oh yeah you're right um you and i though yeah it's totally simpatico um so Instagram has a saved reply feature where you can type in one word and it will like fill in a thing. And I have mm-hmm. one for when people reach out to me with, you know, specific situations that they're dealing with and, you know, asking for advice. I have one that says like, I, I don't have the bandwidth to address individual situations via DM. Here are the myriad ways that you can work with me. I didn't use that word properly, whatever. I never use it properly. That's fine. Here are all the ways that you can work with me. Um, and varying from free but unlikely to be answered or less likely to be answered all the way up through like one-on-one coaching you will absolutely work with me yes here they all are and 99 people out of 100 like fully understand and respect that boundary amazing and but they would also have accepted if i if i responded obviously of course and so that was a boundary that like no one was asking me to set and no one but me would have the idea to set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, wait. Speaking of, actually, that transitions really well. Yeah. Nobody's going to give it to you. Raises. Money. And I think you, like, I'm going to, like, fully opt out of this in the sense that, like, so my job is lockstep compensation. Yeah. There is no room for negotiation. It is what it is across the industry. So go off, Allie. <laughs> So that's how my job used to be. Like at the at the in my very first job for the first several years, it was very much like you make this at you know assistant buyer, senior assistant buyer, whatever. Um, since then, that has not been the case. And something that I think salary transparency is really tricky. I personally think we would be a lot better off with more salary transparency across industries um, because I think that it just becomes this like very black box of confusion that benefits some groups of people that are more comfortable with navigating that black box of confusion. And it just, it causes a lot of anxiety. We're in a place where we don't have that. Mm -hmm. Although, by the way, if you're not looking on like Glassdoor and stuff like that to try to understand what you're making or like what other people in jobs like yours are making, do that. Um, So I have... A couple times, this so this this most recent promotion was like a, a promotion promotion, right? But I have before in my career advocated for more money in my current role and title. And the way that I did that was by doing my research, looking at like looking at Glassdoor, talking to friends, trying to get a sense for what the range was of people with my title or doing my role, having my responsibilities. And I came to the conclusion based on, and I also, I also, by the way, reached out to my HR department at the time and asked them for comp reports. Mm, Very smart. Most companies, if you are, if you are working at a large-ish company, like if you have a compensation department at your company, zero chance they're not doing comp reports. Whether or not they give it to you is another question. Mm -hmm. But Zero chance that they don't have them. Um, and so I asked for it. And in this at this particular company, they gave it to me. Um, and so I, I looked at that. I looked at the research that I did on the internet and just using Google, but also talking to friends and mentors and stuff. And I ascertained that I was making well below what I considered market rate for mm. my role. And so I took all of that to 
my manager. Nice. And I I set up a conversation specifically for it. I said to her, like, I would love to talk to you about my compensation. I've looked across the industry at other people that are doing what I'm doing, and I think I'm undercompensated, and I'd like to talk about it. Yeah. In a very, you know, collaborative way. Like, it's not like I was like, I deserve more, like yelling, you know, like – like I'm saying, like, I, I want to talk about this. I want to understand. And I went to her. I, I showed her all of this research. I did not end up getting the number that I thought I should, but I got more. Great. And wouldn't have if I hadn't have had that conversation. Sure would not have, yeah. Definitely not. No, no one was knocking on my door to give me more money out of nowhere. Of course. And I said this in an AMA recently. Nobody cares about your salary more than you. And they shouldn't. Correct. You should be the one who cares the most about your career, your salary, yourself. You should be your biggest advocate. You Nobody else should care as much as you. And mm-hmm. they, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that piece. And then somebody oh, – we also got a lot of questions about like kind of like advocating for promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to hear your thoughts too just in, in terms of like that that piece. But what I will say about that – is that what has – and this is not about my current role. This is actually, again, something that I did in a, in a previous company. Um, I, again, did my research and asked – a lot of companies will have rubrics of what is expected at different levels. Mm, mm-hmm. And if that doesn't exist at your company, you can find examples of it for your industry online. And I – looked at these rubrics. So I was, let's say I was a manager at the time and I thought I should be a senior manager. I I don't remember if that was the particular jump where I did this, but I looked at what the senior manager expectations were and I wrote a document of all the ways in which I was already meeting every single one of those expectations. Yep. That's what my friend, my friend Mary has um, given a very similar has done a very similar thing where she, what she did too was she looked at, like the job description of the open posting of what she applied for Mm. and made a list of everything that she was doing to show that she did that all and everything extra that she was doing. And all the rest. And I think that's a great way that you can position it because people ask like, you know, what do you do? How do you, how do you have a conversation about the fact that you are now doing way more than you were hired to do? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great way to start is to look at that job description and Go to your manager or, you know, whatever the, whatever the makes sense in the situation and say, like, I'd like to talk about the additional responsibilities that I have taken on since taking this role and mm-hmm. what that means in terms of role expansion. Formalized. Formalized role expansion. Nice. That's a good line. And then kind of go from there. And if more more research and backing is needed, then you can go. And I had that conversation before I wrote my manifesto about all the reasons why I was doing the senior manager job or whatever role. Um, mm-hmm. And again, no one is going to be a better advocate for you than you. So if you want that promotion, if you want that raise, put in that research and work. And I was going to say, like, we can put kind of like a bow on this episode since we're getting quite long. Oh, yeah. We're really long. Yeah. Um, it's fine. There's actually a fair amount, fair amount to cut out of this one. Um, to kind of bring it back to the beginning of this conversation, great opportunity to use that mentor. Yes. <laughs> so true. Before, before you go to the person who's going to make this decision, go to this person and say, I'm looking at this. I'm doing this. I'm going above my level. I would like 
I feel like I'm ready for X. Am I completely off base? You right. know, probably check me here. Let's discuss. And they can be like, no, you're absolutely right. You should feel very confident going in on this. Or actually, like, here's this big area of growth that we tend to have people at before going for X, you know? Yeah. But let's work on that. If that's like, tell somebody above you that your goal is to make sure you are doing X to become Y. And yep. yeah. Yeah. And like, let's talk about if you think I'm not doing X. And I think that having like regular check-ins outside above and beyond your normal annual or mid-year review process is super important for that too. Because the worst case scenario with an annual review is you get to that review and your manager gives you feedback that you did not know about and could have been working on for the entire year. Yeah. And hopefully also, they're like, go ahead. I was going to say, just in terms of, um, this is like a little truism that I heard once and I think it's really true because I can feel it happening in myself is for when you ask for informal feedback, if you are ever feeling afraid of getting feedback, you probably need it. Oh, that's such a good call. Yeah. That's such a good call. Um, yeah. And I think, and we definitely need more episodes on this. And oh, yeah. But something else that I want to talk about when we have more conversations about career is like, we got a lot of questions about managing people and tips for managing people. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I will say is do not surprise anyone in their review. There should be nothing that is said in a review that surprises your employee. Mm, that's good. Because that sucks. That sucks yeah. to get to a review and know that there is this thing that your manager thought you could work on and didn't tell you for insert amount of time here that you could have been working on it. Totally. Because that, feel, that feels so futile. Yeah. It's like, well, shit, man. If I would known that, then maybe we'd be having a different conversation right now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, wow. Honestly, should we have a career podcast? Because like – that, I, I feel like we really killed that advice. <laughs> I, I could just talk a lot about this and I'm excited to do so um, in the future with you. Yeah, um, And also on that note, if you, if you heard this conversation and you missed the question box the first time, go to findingmrhigh.com slash podcast, submit a question, use the word career in there just to make it easy for us to find the career questions. And before we do another installment of this at some point in the future, we will do a search there for new questions Beautiful. because this brought up a lot of other things that I want to talk about. And so I imagine people listening that that happened for them too. Sounds good. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Have fun um, at this wedding and go, go to the, go meet your new pals. Thanks. Bye. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.